Hello and welcome and thanks for downloading this episode of Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher, the world's best comedian and yoga teacher conversation podcast, as far as I know. I mean, if there is another one, don't tell me because then I can't use that as a selling point and marketing is very important. Just before the show starts, uh, I had some live feedback this month and any feedback is appreciated if you like the show because we're all playing the numbers algorithm game any online appreciation you give to it is very helpful in terms of visibility and stuff so you know i don't always do it of course to other people so people in glass houses but if you do like the show and wish to express that in some online manner by pressing liking subscribing buttons and sharing stuff then that is much appreciated and it apparently really really helps that's because obviously we'd love other people to find the show and uh, if the show slowly grows it gives more encouragement to continue doing it rather if it starts dwindling and then it could just be the three of us at some point yeah you know me kayla and whoever you are but i had some live feedback because uh, i was doing a gig and maybe it was last month and someone came up to me and said that they really like the show and particularly enjoy it when it gets argumentative and i thought well i'm a bit facetious sometimes but i thought generally it's quite a jovial sort of uh, light-hearted cordial conversation isn't it most of the time i uh, didn't really ever think of it as being adversarial but i've got to say if you do enjoy it when it gets heated then you are going to love the first minute and a half of this so um strap in Wait, it has hailed again today. I went out, actually. Did you get hailed on? Were you out in the five minutes that it was hailing? I wasn't out in that. I like how it's meteorological summer and we're getting hail. And that always Welcome happens. Welcome to summer so in England. It happens. <laughs> does it? Does it really? It does, yeah. Oh, you're going to tell does me it really it's happen? climate change, aren't you, now? You go, oh, it didn't happen no. when we were younger. Well, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> no I remember. adverse weather oh. stuff happened when we were kids at all. Yeah, never. It's only ever now happened. they started naming storms. It seems worse because they got a name for it. But that's. Uh... That's not how naming storms work. Yeah, it is. They didn't no, used to do they it. Name, they named. No. But they didn't used to that's do it. That's wrong. No, the storms weren't bad enough to need a name. No, they never named any when of them. When the storm gets over a certain dangerous level, then they name them. Yeah, but they so only... every storm that's named is worse than every storm that wasn't named. What, so every storm before 2006 was not bad enough to warrant a name then, was it? You would have about f- three or four a year, max. They never named them before that were named. then. We started doing yes, it. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. No. We started doing I'm, I'm... it because you lot <laughs> over the pond have been naming hurricanes forever and we just wanted we, we, Okay, we well, we maybe you out. misunderstood <laughs> the, naming, uh, the naming idea. So the idea is supposed to be that you name a storm when it gets over a certain problem. That way you can say, oh, this storm is bad. It has a name no it's the americanization of the british meteorological um <laughs> that's <laughs> what it is oh, when i was so a sad. kid they didn't do it in 1987 there was a big big storm in the uk and yeah. people called it the hurricane even though it wasn't a hurricane right <laughs> okay and okay. Uh, that was like the most destructive storm for years and they didn't name that mm. they only recently right. started naming them but now I think everyone like it makes everyone panic more. Maybe this, maybe it's a bit of a necessity, but to take it yeah. more seriously. But it also becomes mm-hmm. like I got my ninety-three-year-old nan ringing me up and saying, "Oh, something called Edna's turning up tomorrow." And you're like, "It's just <laughs> a bit of wind, nan. <laughs> just don't go out." Yeah, just don't go outside, it'll be fine. It becomes more of a thing in someone's head, so it makes it more. But I think that's the point of naming, isn't it? Is to make it a thing so that you take it seriously. 
Yeah, but you know, there was, we used to be we hard in really the old days. Wind. We used to we used to just we just <laughs> used to stiff up a lip, just get on with it. Go slates falling off roofs, just uh, someone got squashed by a tree. Pah. Yeah, we just used to brush that off, you know. <laughs> Who needs the left arm anyway? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I love it. Old people in technology, eh? It's great. We'll never be like that, will we? We'll always... <laughs> uh, touch wood. <laughs> well, I'm not brilliant at it now, to be honest. But whenever you need to do something, if you type it into Google, there'll be like a YouTube video tutorial telling you how to do something. You don't need to ask kids. You just ask... The internet. Yeah. I, I was going to say about that. I don't mind the odd YouTube video, especially if it's like quite complicated or, you know. But then other times it's like, no, I just, I just want to read it. I just want to read the steps. And if it's a video, I can't do that. I have to just watch the video for, you know, six <laughs> minutes or whatever. And I find that really annoying. Why can't I just read it? Nobody does blogs anymore. <laughs> the problem with them is that the uh, person usually, like, spends the first three minutes doing a load of superfluous stuff up top. Before I show you this, let me just make sure we've got the foundations. Yeah. like, <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe and blah, 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 and all that stuff, yeah. It's like, I'm not subscribing to you, how to fix my phone channel, am I? <laughs> it's the biggest search engine outside of Google, though, is YouTube, and it's mainly mm. for people wanting to find out how to do stuff. That's crazy. I should just rename all my comedy clips, or you should rename all your yoga videos <laughs> and like, how to fix a tap. <laughs> And get more traffic. I love it. I love it. Yeah, but there's someone who's clicking around how to fix a tap. They're going to be like, what's she yeah, doing? Yeah, be a lot of downloading the one there. Yeah. <laughs> and they better be uh, fixing a tap after this uh, Chaturanga Dan Dasana. Um, <laughs> what do you call it when someone does something? X is not. If you were to do a pose to show everybody the pose, what would you call it? A demonstration? Yeah, all right, demonstration. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe you're looking for a word, but I don't know it. You wouldn't think that English was my first language, would you? <laughs> well, English-American is your first language. So you just say <laughs> yeah, okay. color without the U and stuff. So. You say it without the U, yeah. There's the, probably a joke there about there's no U in color. Yeah. You know there's no I in team. <laughs> yeah, there's got I was a, thinking There's got to be a, a joke about Americans where, they, where the, the punchline is there's no U in color. If you're yeah, but I, but I can't think of the joke that goes with that punchline. <laughs> Bit of homework for any <laughs> joke writers in the listenership. Oh, I'll tell you something. I recorded a pre-recorded class today. Is that code for no one turned up to your regular class? See, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I'm not teaching today. They've moved my classes around for the Jubilee Bank Holiday weekend stuff, so I ended up not teaching today. So I thought, well, now would be a great time to squeeze in a pre-recorded class. So I recorded a summer solstice class, and I- I'm going to send it. I'm just going to send it out for free. I-, I might even put it on YouTube with the title "How to Fix a Tap." Yes. <laughs> It's not going to be called Summer Solstice Yoga. It's going to be called How to Fix a Tap, Summer Solstice Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> just have a like a spanner next to you for the whole thing. And everyone just be like, oh, she's going to pick it up eventually. I've got my spanner here to fix the tap. Now let's get started. <laughs> Inhale. <laughs> you sound different in person, in real life. Yeah, I think that too. But obviously you're supposed to think that when you hear yourself, don't you? I think you're supposed to think that you sound different because the way the echoes in your head, isn't that? I don't know. But yeah, when I hear myself recorded, I'm like, hmm, is that me? Jesus Christ. I sound awful. 
So I hate having my name mentioned as well. You don't like your name? I don't like saying it myself, you know. Why? Dunno. Just hate it. What, Peter? Yeah, or... yeah I hate saying oh. it myself. Why? I don't mind you saying it, it's fine. But I don't know what it is. I just never really liked... Like, I hate saying my name in a register at school. Is it because maybe in early days, the only time people were saying your name was it was an uncomfortable situation? Or do you think no, I don't think so. Name? I think it's a shyness thing or self-conscious thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if I had a different name, it wouldn't matter. I'd still be like... like if I had a cool yeah. name, like Clint, it's still... <laughs> <laughs> And still, do you think yeah. I could pull that off, Clint? I don't think I look like a Clint, really, do I? But uh, I don't know. There's a Clint in comedy, and he seems like a nice guy. I don't see him very often, but hmm. but you've got to pull that off, haven't you? I think he wears boots and stuff, everything, just to. <laughs> so I don't. I, I just don't, never like saying it aloud. I don't know. Like, and the surname as well. I hate saying the surname. I know I got a stupid surname. People ask me if it's my real name all the time. Oh, because they think maybe it's a stage name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not. Mm. Because I would have picked something cooler, wouldn't I? I don't know. Well, maybe mm. I'm not very cool. Well, you're a comedian, so maybe you didn't want to be cool. I don't know. Maybe. You don't want to be a cool comedian. It wouldn't be on brand, would it? So. <laughs> you like your name, though, don't you? I'm sure you... I'm pretty sure... Yeah? Yeah? You're always using it, aren't you? What do you mean I'm always using it? <laughs> I'm not walking around going, Hey, my name's Kayla. Hey, what's up? My name's Kayla. Hi, Kayla. How's it going? Yeah, well, all right. It's, I don't know. Like, when you're in a class, you say... Think, like, if you do, like several hard poses in a row you'll say oh everyone's thinking stop Kayla stop it's too you know yes you're so, right I do use my name like that yeah, yeah. so you just give me the impression that you're someone that's very happy with their name yeah happy with my name it's not a very common name on this side of the ocean so you prefer that do you yeah I think so though I do find it very strange that on this side people tend to gear towards Michaela my name is not Michaela McCormack. That that. Would be <laughs> Please don't mix me up. <laughs> and obviously, I chose my second name. So yeah. <laughs> but my 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 maiden name was Conan, and then people used to go like the Barbarian. <laughs> like thanks, I'm twelve years old again. <laughs> oh, it never leaves you. I get brushed stuff all the time. Because mm-hmm. there's a 1970s. Fox puppet called Basil Brush that was very popular. Oh right! And so that gets mentioned every so often. Like every time I'm at, I get mentioned on something, like if I do okay on the internet or something, or mm. get advertised for a gig, there's there's a good chance that someone will reply and say, "Is he any relation to Basil Brush?" The <laughs> they think they're being funny. The fictitious, yeah. As if no one's came up with that when I was eight years old or anything, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know, right? This is a problem with putting stuff on, having stuff online. It's just like having random people just say things to you, like mm. out of like. I mean, this is what happened. Like, I had a clip do quite well in about January or February, and um, mm. someone like I don't check all my Twitter notifications because I can't be bothered. But uh, so, someone like tagged their mate, said like, "Ha ha, you look like this guy," and I was like. Mm. Ha ha! Like, what's wrong with looking like me? You prick! <laughs> like, as if I, I'm tagged in it, so oh, I'm going to see it. Like, there's a human being on the other end of this Twitter handle, you know. And um, I'm like, what's wrong with? I hope he's not saying that you look like him, as in, like, you know, he's ugly. And yeah, you look that's like what, this I, that's what he was getting at, I think, because that guy replied and said, like, behave yourself or something. And I, <laughs> it's like. That could hurt my feelings if I was more insecure about stuff, which I'm not. But, I mean, you know, (laughs) I do 
ugly myself up for the stage a bit. So You ugly yourself up? What do you do? Do you wear really baggy clothes? Or fluff your hair up like this? I just have the, you know, my shirt it doesn't seem to always fit properly and stuff. And like I got, obviously I wear glasses anyway, but I just, you know, yeah. look a bit dorkier than I do maybe. In, you know, it's just a bit of a stage attire sort of thing. But yeah. so, you know, if I maybe, if I didn't wear glasses and like I'd made an yeah. effort, people might not want to laugh because they're too busy checking me out. I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to tell, tell me what the cofters are? The cautious, the ca- or okay. the ca- I forgot what it was called, so I knew it wasn't cofters because obviously they're <laughs> as a meat. Yeah, well, it's like a, like little ball things, aren't they? That in from oh, yeah, Asian on a, cuisine. On a yeah, stick. I think you can on stick because they do on sweet potato ones, and they do like. Um, do they cook them on a stick and then they take them off when they serve them? Or something yeah, I like think that. so. Yeah, think so, so yeah. that's you didn't teach that. Yeah, welcome to yoga. We're going to make meat on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, that is not the koshas. So, uh, the koshas, they, what, they're like, uh, it's like, a lot of the time if you were to search it, like, for a picture, because obviously a lot of these kind of, like, uh, more philosophical ideas can, or picturized, you know, like when you see pictures of your chakras, and then they show a person and then lots of glowing orbs up the, up the body <laughs> with different colors or whatever. Mm. And it's like, oh, that's your chakra chart. Well, you're, you can find similar things for your koshas, or koshas. I think it's cautious. Anyway. And basically, the idea is that they're like layers, like an onion. So like kind of going from out to in. So the idea for the cautious is they're supposed to be kind of like a, like a map for yourself so that you could kind of navigate all the way into like your deepest, deepest layers of your, of your mind and your, and your subconscious, your, your body, basically. So you have five <laughs> and your first one or the one that you would kind of say like starts the outside of the onion is your physical body your anamaya kasha and that is just you know literally you can tap it you can feel it your body that's that's the first kasha and then the next one is your pranayama kasha so if you know what pranayama is or prana pranamaya kasha and that one is obviously going to be your breath if you remember what prana and pranayama and all of that is all the same. And we know that your breath and your physical body are quite well connected because your breath connects you with your nervous systems. So either your fight or flight and your rest and digest are both connected to your breath. And the breath is the one thing that you can control. Like you can't control if your heart beats, but you can slow your breath down and that potentially could change the beat of your heart. So there's potential to control how you feel with the breath so that's kind of like the next layer in and then it gets a little bit different after that so uh manomaya kasha is your mental body so i would say that is definitely that point that most people have got to if they've done a little bit of this kind of work where you sit down and you can think and observe your thinking so when you observe your thoughts what you're observing is your mental body your manomaya kasha so turning your attention inwards, becoming aware of your thoughts and that mental activity and maybe just busyness and maybe just watch the flow, you know, what's coming, what's going, not trying to control it or change it. And then there's the Vinyamaya Kasha. Yeah, Vinyamaya Kasha. I always really struggle with that one. <laughs> um, and that one is called the wisdom body. And I would say that that is a really good word for it because it really is like, the wisdom of something. So 
potentially you kind of go from your physical body, your breath, your mind, and then you get to the point where you're like, is what I'm doing smart? You know, do I need to be staying here? Is this healthy for me? You know, just kind of like, you know, maybe you have the idea of kind of like embodiment of a pose. So like if you're holding tree pose, are you just doing it for a balance or do you kind of understand the depth behind it? You know, the wisdom behind old trees or dolphins and playing and releasing. And, you know, there's like lots of kind of like, you could just kind of go a little bit deeper towards maybe what the poses hold, but then also just in general, you know, having wisdom. You know, when some people sit down and they say like, oh, I just need a minute to think, I have big, you know, have some big decisions to make. Maybe you've got an offer of a new job or something, you know, kind of big. And you don't just go, oh, I'll make the decision. Pop. Okay. I do. <laughs> you like. <laughs> God, trust instincts. They, your instincts have evolved through hundreds of thousands of years, so you should trust them. All right. Okay. Yeah, well, go. other people like to think about it a little bit. Life's too short. <laughs> Got to just make a decision, live with it, well, move on. I'm a- <laughs> I'm assuming that we're not talking about the practicalities of accepting a new job as in like money and and all of that kind of thing. Just like in general, would this be a wise move, an unwise move? Do I want to do it? What is my gut telling me? That kind of thing. Uh, Except obviously you don't need that. No. (laughs) And then the last one. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) You're obviously good at picking yoga teachers, right? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I haven't shopped around much, though, to be fair. <laughs> Don't tell people that. <laughs> and then the last kosha <laughs> is the Anomaya kosha, which is considered the bliss body. And I've written here a feeling of wholeness, of completeness, of arriving at your destination. So it's not necessarily your your typical kind of idea of, like, nirvana or a state of, like, higher feeling or something that I may be even being you know, a bit trippy or whatever you know it's it's it is more like just a state of being settled or content because a lot of the time as humans we're always wanting to do something or get somewhere or be somewhere so it's just about finding that kind of sense of like hmm right here now you can relax do you ever get there yeah I think I get there probably every day I would have hoped even if it's just for a moment, when I'm pouring water in my coffee or something, it's like, oh, it's not like a final, the smell of this coffee. Make it sound like a final destination, though. Yeah. It is, but then you do this every time you want to. Like, it's not a constant. You don't None stay of these there, would do be you? constant you states. Yeah, you don't stay in that point. You would just kind of navigate there, and then potentially maybe you would feel that connection to that kind of blissful, contented state very shortly without even using the, the map of the cautious to get there. Like I was saying about enjoying the smell of some fresh coffee or something and it just being like, oh, and you feel like the tension in your neck release or something, you know, like, oh, it's fine. Sometimes I say like, ah, oh, life's not so bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, because you get yourself worked up about little things like, oh, well, I've got emails to send, oh, I've got this to do, oh, I've got, and you just kind of go, life's not so bad, it's fine. I'll just sort it one day (laughs) i don't have half a house but it's fine (laughs) it's just you know does this originate with a specific teacher or a subsect of like uh, buddhism or is it i mean is this something you studied in your the teacher training and stuff or did you i did indeed right so i have written here the koshas were created by yogic sages some three thousand years ago written about in the upanishads So that's where you find the original text relating to the koshas in the Upanishads, which are 
Vedic texts on yoga philosophy. So if you wanted to kind of dig deeper, you would you would look for translations of the Upanishads and go from there. But yoga philosophy on that level is not my expertise. <laughs> Just FYI. Well, see you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it is someone else's. So if you're really, really interested, there will be people out there that have studied it a lot, that have actually, you know, gone through the Upanishads and read it and really, you know, tried to put it in a way, just like people do with the Bible, you know, trying to put it in a way that we could apply it to modern life. So if if you want, if someone is really interested, it, it does exist. It's just not necessarily my full area of expertise. Because is it much of a, not much of a muchness? I'm not trying to de- devalue the the <laughs> philosophy or anything like that. But it just it seems sounds like one person's way of putting something that I bet someone else in yoga philosophy has come up with a similar. Yeah, when when we studied all of this, I found it very. I felt like as a third party, kind of studying tiny little bits of everything, very high level repetitive almost Mm. like what in a in a way it's almost like i want to say what's the difference between your koshas and your chakras i mean obviously there are differences in the philosophy and in how you would apply them and what they mean but then in another way it's kind of like how do they work together does it matter and a part of me thinks that it's a bit like when you go into a complicated class, maybe in A-levels or something, and the teacher explains a topic three times in three different ways, and it's just to make sure everybody understands it. <laughs> I kind of feel like these are just like different methods to try and help you on your journey to be whatever it is you're, you're you know, being more content or more peaceful or more whatever, you know. So it's just about considering each layer yourself or is there always one feed into the other or if it's always a natural progression that happens I would say just sort of... it, it would pro- be a progression, but how you'd want to kind of go about it is your choice. So, mm-hmm. like, you could sit down and actually have, like, a kosher meditation, you know, where you would go through focusing on your body, then focusing on your breath, then focusing on your mind, then, you know, maybe noticing how you feel. Do you want to still be sitting here? Is there something weighing on you that you need to let go of? You know, kind of touching into a more wisdom body side, and then maybe just kind of trying to embody the idea of feeling content and happy to not do anything. So, like, that would be a very simplistic, maybe, way of going through the koshas just in a meditation. Mm. And then, obviously, when I planned a kosher class, I went through the koshas in a physical way, which is a little bit different. But potentially, I would say you would you would start and go through them if you if you want to do. Wouldn't you? Couldn't hop around, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea is that one leads into the next. You yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, as you peel layers off yourself or something. Yeah, layers off the onion of self. <laughs> do you cry after every layer gets? Is that like a release? Of... <laughs> you can do. <laughs> if you want unless you've got a, uh, unless you're sitting this... next to a fan in which case yeah. <laughs> oh dear i just had this image of um joey from friends wearing all chandler's clothes <laughs> this image of him peeling off all these layers of clothes anyway <laughs> so the fact that you've chosen to talk about this is have you found this personally beneficial or like like this specific way of teaching it or, or not i think or? this specific one and you'll find this quite often in uh more eastern kind of philosophies like buddhism is kind of known for being one of the only religions that don't that doesn't 100 percent. it does not ever clash with any scientific theories or proofs that we have so it's like oh that's kind of nice a part of me kind of feels the same about this so like we know that the breath and the body are connected we know we can observe our thoughts 
So who's the observer? You know, they're asking those kind of like, if I'm not my thoughts, then who am I? You know, like trying to make those gaps and things. And, and I, and, and we know they exist because you, because they're there. Science shows them we can feel them, etc. So I kind of feel like this is a really practical, realistic, almost want to say scientific method to try and get to a harmonious state in your body and your mind and your emotions, you know, kind of bringing about that balance. But that's my opinion, because I'm obviously that way inclined. You know, I mean, I saw a thing from a yoga teacher, teacher, if that makes sense. A (laughs) A teacher who teaches yoga teachers. Yeah, a yoga teacher, teacher. (laughs) And she, she recently put like, you know, you are unique to yourself. If you love, you know, oracle cards and crystals and that kind of thing, then you'll have that in your class and you should tell people that you're doing that and then you'll attract people who like that. And I think she gave some more examples, but my first thought was like, oh yeah, that's never happening in my class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if it does, it would be like, I don't know, a Halloween treat or something a bit quirky. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tend to do that kind of thing in my class because I, that clashes with me a little bit but not because like I disagree with it or I have like really strong opinions about it or anything like that it's just when I when I tried to do it say if I were going to help someone or talk to someone I would feel false so I kind of feel like that like I I like this because it resonates with me but that doesn't (laughs) that doesn't mean that that everyone's gonna like that you know some people might love the idea of you know because the other thing as well is we've talked about this so much but there's language problems trying to express abstract feelings and emotions and things in language is really difficult some people love the idea of being untangible so like the idea of chakras and the idea of like oh well if i balance my root chakra i'll feel safer and i'll feel more healed and stuff like this and other people just think no i I have actually been through a trauma that's been physical i need real medical assistance you know something that's proven in science to help me it just depends on where what kind of person you are where you're where you're coming from what res you know in a sense what resonates with you what you really believe in if you don't believe it it's not going to work for one you can't you can't sit there and if you sat in a yoga class and the whole time you're going ooh what is this nonsense you know it's not you're just going to make yourself more annoyed aren't you <laughs> so obviously i must think the same way cuz i've allowed you to teach me for couple of years so. <laughs> but then you still meditate so this is why i think well, like, yeah, but that's you know, not some people think it's wishy-washy though, but it's not yeah people don't know what meditation is anyway do they well that's what i'm saying tell them <laughs> i don't mean to be like judgment but you know like a friend of mine's doing a mindfulness course at the moment at work and he was saying oh when he comes back from it like people in the office are like oh you must be really relaxed now and stuff and like chilled out mm. and it's just like well that's not really why you're learning mm. it's not really i mean you might as a sort of byproduct, I suppose. But when people just think meditation is like just re- relaxation, it's not. It's like, um, yeah. it, to me, it's a way of train. I mean, it's just brain training to a large extent. Yeah. You do it so that you act like that in your regular life and you have more of a way of dealing with thought because you recognize the relationship you have with thought so you can deal with it when, you know, which is why I'm, which is why I'm not, a hypochondriac anymore so so you know yeah. but people have the wrong idea of it probably because of yeah seeing some video on youtube of some you know hippie 
like <laughs> you know like yeah, with yeah. candles or some that music that they have and some people might like that pan flutes yeah usually. pan flutes whale noises yeah. and all that sort of thing <laughs> well I quite like whale noises right. <laughs> I don't think I've ever played any in my classes but I do find them quite cool <laughs> <laughs> again it's the same thing it's a scientifically proven again there's many different types of meditation so you can mm. you can go to a of you know more wanky one if you want so yeah <laughs> some would say wanky some would not say yeah, wanky. yeah. but you know oh, no, i would even say there are like healing meditations like you could mm. go for therapy around that kind of thing as well which almost like hypnotherapy and that kind of stuff where people are trying to to help through problems and issues but in general i would say you're right i say they're they're brain training it's like I think I described it before, like if you had a three-year-old or a small child at a zoo and the child was running around to everything, you'd be like, well, you can just follow, sure. Or you could be like, let's be a little bit more organized. Have a look at this. And then the child would because it'd be like, oh, look, a polar bear. Wow. And then you'd be like, right, now we're going to take you here. Have a look at the monkeys. Oh, wow, monkeys. And I feel like that's what the that's brain That's not what is. you'd like, do if means- you took someone to a zoo. You'd be like, there's a polar bear. There aren't many left. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I'm just You'd using be a real the example. Downer, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, probably. All these are endangered. The polar bear. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, a lot of zoos these days do work in conservation. Yes, I'm being. You are right. You are right. I used to find <laughs> zoos really depressing whenever I went to them. Firstly, because the animals hide a lot of the time anyway, and I just, I mean, yeah, I know that. You know, maybe if they weren't there, they wouldn't be alive at all. Some of them, but the only time I, I was really upset when I went to to something like that was I was I was really quite young. And obviously didn't understand zoos and stuff. And they had a manatee in a tank. And I just remember this manatee was the size of its own tank. It wouldn't even have been able to turn around. And I was, I just said like, where's its bigger tank? <laughs> Why have they put it here? And, and I can't remember the answer. And I, I, in my head, I've, I've decided that perhaps it was a showing or something. Like they were talking about it or they were trying to do some work on it or something. But as a, I was very, very young. And as a child, I just remember thinking, that tank is so tiny <laughs> for that giant manatee. Like when you have a pot plant and it needs to, yeah. you need to repot it. It needs repotting into a bigger tank. That's like, I remember that's one of the first times that I felt genuinely like just. Disturbed by seeing this this animal and this this giant animal in this teeny tiny tank. But in my head, I've decided that's how they live in London. You know, people just know people people (laughs) just live in tanks. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry, Londoners. That tank would have been like two million pounds in London if it was in a good location. (laughs) I feel like we've gone off on a tangent. I don't know. I used to have a joke in my first or second Edinburgh show, and it doesn't work on the weekends. About how when I was a kid, I used to think that the zoo was a prison for animals. Mm. so then the joke is that i like safari parks because i thought that they were like like for just animals that are committed like tax evasion and fraud and stuff, you know, like <laughs> open you know, like open yeah, prisons not... and stuff you yeah, know, like yeah so i so i worked at like <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon during the edinburgh festival a bit but then yeah, like, when yeah. you get to the weekend clubs people just like what are you on about <laughs> like, <laughs> oh i had something i wanted to say that sounds so ominous yeah, but- there. 
<laughs> no, no, it's just a story. It's just oh, a story right, of a story. Disbanding um, the podcast now, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's a story of a story. And I am going to ask the person who told me the story if I could actually. I, I've ended up recording it uh, by accident because I never stopped the recording at the beginning of the class. So oh, right. I never expected her to talk so much, but she, she, she told a story. But um, basically, the story is she she was cleaning out the little cupboard under stairs and she ended up crawling in under the stairs which obviously as a grown person it's very small it's not harry potter you know it's a big cupboard <laughs> not that big they're tiny and um and she and there's something that i think it was some sort of like broom or something was out, outside it fell and closed the door oh, and she got trapped under the stairs and she said she doesn't do well with like claustrophobic kind of things anyway and she said, but you know what, Kayla, the first thing that came to my mind was that you say at the end of class that these feelings are inside of you, these feelings of calm and peace, and you can come back to them anytime you need them. And she said, I was stuck under the stairs going, I am calm and peaceful, you know, or whatever she wants to say. And she said it really helped. And she calmed herself down. And then she managed to get the door open by like pushing it and getting her hand out and you, you know but she said like her her partner was out and she knew he wasn't going to come back for over an hour so she her first thought was oh my god i'm trapped in this cupboard for an hour you know until he gets home and gets me out but then she was like oh i'll just calm down so i just thought that was really interesting really nice normal person normal life you know normal mm-hmm. situations applying a bit of yoga and she laughs about it now even though obviously at the time she was not laughing <laughs> No, because she was so peaceful at the time. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I just thought that was quite nice and quite applicable to the whole mental training idea. Uh, I mean, you know, some people will tell you that it doesn't work for them and it it might not work for everybody. But my my way of thinking is that it might not work quickly, but it Mm. might work eventually. But it's just, I mean, I'm not, I'm quite like that. Like I backed it and I just carried on for ages and ages and ages Mm. and... I'm too invested now to admit that it's rubbish, so I'll just carry on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's that, or it actually is doing something. Well, I do think, like, everything to do with the body is really slow. I mean, you might think it's fast. I mean, like, the only thing that's fast is, like, what, your mouth? Your mouth heals ridiculously fast. But, like, other than that, everything is actually really slow. You mean what you say, you mean? Or do you mean like... No, I mean, if you cut your mouth, if you oh, cut right. something in your mouth, it do- it's supposed to heal within a couple of days, whereas nothing else on your body would heal that quickly. Your mouth heals particularly fast. due to the type of skin it is Mm -hmm. inside your mouth and because obviously we need to eat so it makes sense Uh, you know evolutionary wise makes sense you need to eat so (laughs) anyway so like in terms of like your body everything takes time you know if you break a bone how long is that that's ages to heal a bone Mm. months and months so if you were to think of your mind as something as integral and as deep in your body as bones you have to try training your mind for months and months and months before you'll see a difference or feel better. And perhaps you'll feel a bit calm in the start, and then maybe you'll think, why the hell am I doing this? And then, you know, you kind of get a little bit of ups and downs. But in general, it's all slow. Everything's slow with the body, no matter what we're trying to do with it. And I, I sometimes I wonder why people imagine that things with the mind would be any faster, you mm. know? Well, maybe we live in a, we're living in a very consumerist, quick culture and everything's at your fingertips yeah. and things. So it's like, it, it's counterintuitive. Well, it's not counterintuitive. It's just like you, there's a lot of... Being quite used to being able to get things instantly in other aspects oh, of yeah. your life, and oh, so yeah, yeah I want it yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it's, yeah, it's just graft, unfortunately. But I don't know if uh, do you want to wrap up? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's wrap up. Live our lives. <laughs> 
thanks so much for listening and remember if you're ever having an argument about storms with a friend then you can always bring feelings of calm and peace that exist inside you to the fore and calm your own storm in your mind without necessarily naming it or something um bit clarification on there storms which weren't named in the uk until roughly the last 10 years or so and they have been naming hurricanes in the u.s since about the 50s so i don't think some sort of cultural cross but anyway i, I sort of thought it was funny because i sort of pretend that that's when this country went downhill when we started naming storms i think i just hate the fact that everyone just makes jokes about the names on twitter anyway enough of that We'll see you in two weeks when we're talking about digestion. Don't forget to follow us on social media and press all the liking buttons.